do the introduction. Maybe you can talk about some of our upgrades. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Wait, is this episode five? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Welcome to episode five of the Two Islands podcast. Today we have Julian with the ring light. Yes, sir. <laughs> and we got myself with a new mic. Not recording off of the uh, built-in computer mic anymore. Got a little upgrade. Upgrades are coming in steady. They're coming in steady. We're going to get the the nice mic arm soon enough. It'll come in due time. (laughs) I'm going to be getting my mic soon. And then I'm also going to be getting... um, I'm also going to be getting a new camera. I can clip onto the back of my computer. So the audio quality and the um, video quality is going to go up. So uh, hopefully that'll mean the subscribers will go up. <laughs> yeah. So people on YouTube, they'll have a better viewing experience. Everybody else on uh, Spotify, Apple, Overcast, <laughs> you'll uh, be enjoying a bit better audio quality than what we used to have. Yeah. All right. I mean, now that we're done with the introduction, now we can just talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I haven't been paying much attention to my garden recently. You haven't been? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's one of those projects where I was really into it at first, and then now I'm just, I can just, I watch it grow, but I know that if I was out there more often than I am right now, I'd be doing better, but I don't know. It's still cool to watch. Some of my plants are dying. Oh, they're dying? Yeah, like my tomatoes, I think they have like a certain lifespan. Like mm-hmm. once they started like producing tomatoes, like it's like branches from the bottom started dying and it started working its way upwards. And now yeah. it's reaching the top. It's kind of interesting. Like the whole plant is like dark brown and dead, but like there's, it's still fruiting. Like that's how hmm. much energy putting into the, the tomatoes. It's almost poetic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the. It starts from, I guess, the roots, and then it kind of just invades the entire thing. I like it. How do you define success? Hmm. Okay. I feel like we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, actually. Before we recorded this one. Um, I'm sorry, terrible memory. I like goldfish just, type of memory. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, we talked about like how when we first started um kind of our expectations for how we thought oh, people would yeah. find the podcast and kind of the growth behind what we would be doing mm-hmm. and i think success is kind of one of those things that a lot of people um i guess a lot of people have put it or changed how they think about what success is just with the emergence of social media, I think. Just because a lot of people now see success as making, like, $200,000 or driving, like, this really nice car. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, becoming a millionaire or having, like, 2 million followers on Instagram and stuff like that. And I feel like... Or 400 views on a YouTube video. (laughs) 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 <laughs> uh, 
Thanks so much to everybody that watched that first episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I think just with what success used to mean, it kind of just used to mean like you went through school, you found a job that you liked or a job that you could tolerate and you started a family and that was, and that was it. And like, yeah. if you could do that, just that alone, like you said, you're successful, right? Yeah. But I think a lot more people nowadays um, have kind of pushed back against that mentality of like, if you can find a way to start a family um, or you just find a job that gives you enough money so that you can pay the bills and just get through day to day, that you'd be fine. But I think now we're moving towards success being like at any point you want, you can just drop everything you're doing and go on a trip and it not affect um, just your situation at all. Yeah. And I think that definition of what success is, is making a lot more people feel like they're not worthy or what they're doing isn't worthy. I would I would disagree. I think I think um, depending on where you stand socioeconomically, um, the idea of success is on a bit of a spectrum. Kind of like what you were saying earlier, like with some people just wanting to like pay the bills and stuff like that. Um, if I was like a single mother working two or working like two or three jobs trying to support my kids and whatever, me, for example, feeding them, keeping clothes on them getting helping them get their diploma that would be success to me you know um it's interesting the first example that i thought of with that was the renaissance right during that time we were coming out of a period where people didn't need to be busting their back in the sun all day just to like make sure the sheep are fed and the grain is picked i don't know um yeah now now they got to a point because that that brought them their fulfillment right like Mm. in order for me to survive um, this is what I have to do. And if I can accomplish this, then I'm happy and I feel fulfilled. And right. to them, that was their success, right? Um, once we entered the Renaissance and we had more techno- technological developments, then now people had more time in the day. Coming into the Renaissance, now people, um, and this isn't like specific to the Renaissance, this is just with any technological development. This light, dude, it's killing, it's just killing us. I know, it's killing <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> now people have more time in the day to think about things now we advance in areas such as philosophy and um, yeah those types of areas where a lot of thinking is required now you get works like um, this is a bit of a leap but do you know The Stranger by Albert Camus no I don't it's it's a piece of existentialist writing anyway it's 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 a book about um about this guy who kind of believes that his life doesn't really matter. And that's that's the whole thing behind existentialism. Um, but you see, when, when he was of the upper middle to upper class, so mm-hmm. that luxury of thinking, or that, that luxury of being able to have the time to think and do those kinds of things, um, is at the cost of less fulfillment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, because he didn't have to bust his butt to like make a living for himself right 
Right. Like, there is like pieces in the book where he like where a lot of this existentialist thought occurred was when he was just sitting at a cafe watching people walk by. Um, kind of like what you're saying earlier. I think success is different depending on your situation. I think that's based off of your socioeconomic status. You know. True. I think there's also a sense though that. Not to say that people don't see that, like, how do I say this? Not to say that people who are in a different socioeconomic background or are in, like, middle class or upper class don't have different definitions of success, but I feel like there's always that one overarching one that everybody thinks about, and... I think regardless yeah. of your situation and how you feel fulfilled, um, there is now, I feel like, de- a development where people kind of have that overarching term of success that they always are thinking about, even when they are providing for the people around them or are doing really great for themselves, honestly. But yeah, they have that. I, I guess I'm thinking more about people our age yeah, and kind of what um, Gen Z, I guess, is thinking in a sense, where like even when a lot of us are doing things that are honestly like mind blowing, um, and are impacting the world in different ways, we still kind of have that sense of thinking. Yes. Can you get me some goldfish? There are goldfish is on the table. You can grab a bag. You okay. can grab it. All right. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> there he is. The one and only. <laughs> There's always that type of success that we all kind of think about, mm-hmm. even if we're not striving towards that version of success. But there's always an idealized sense of if I had this money, I could do this, 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 and this. And I think there's probably always yeah. been that sort of sentiment, but I think because now we can see it so easily with social media, it makes people feel more inferior than they would have been in yeah. past in previous generations. Mm-hmm. Wait, can you open the <laughs> Ricardi, there's other people in the tea room who could open the goldfish for you. No, <laughs> but he needs you to open the goldfish. Yeah, I'll open the goldfish for you. Not sponsored by goldfish. <laughs> Here you go. talking about earlier just made me think about how success is really relative like we're talking about it with the podcast I was mm-hmm. feeling about because the views have been um have been uh haven't been as high as I thought they would be um but it's only because really in the first episode it did so well right yeah and I think it's just because people were curious because it's the first episode right like what are these guys up to 
So now with the first one having like 430 views and like our most recent episode having 50, I was like, well, what's the deal, man? But <laughs> like, it was interesting and almost, no, not almost, it was humbling to think back and think we were only expecting like 20 to 30 views in the first episode. If we had 50 views right now, then that would be like a huge success. Right. Um, and comparing that to social media, like, um, with the way that the framing of social media is already problematic in and of itself because those who are seen as the standard give unrealistic depictions of their life. But then when other people who don't have that look at that, they look at where they have right in front of them and they're like, well, this is terrible. I feel terrible yeah. about myself. I should be more successful, you know? And like you see, it's all like clickbait, you know? Like um, you see these people who are like, yeah, I draw, I was a college dropout and now I'm making $2 million a year. I'm sitting in my yacht. I have my Ferrari right behind me. What are you doing? <laughs> well, well, I guess I'm a real loser. <laughs> I guess I'm completely nobody. Because I'm already 19 and I'm looking on social media and I see this 16-year-old with 8 million followers <laughs> this nice car. I don't even know if they have their permit yet, but they're in a nice car. <laughs> Just like, I don't know. It, it kind of just makes me think, like, what am I doing with my life right now? Like, yeah. I but I think know. that's what's generationally different about us. Like, for us, with all the ancient gratification, um, everyone's looking for the fast track, right? Right. Um, and I think that makes that makes our lives all our, all around less fulfilling for us. Um, but you look at our parents and grandparents. Their idea of success was finding a job early on and sticking it out until they retired. That was success, you know, because you showed dedication. But for us, like, for example, we want to make four episodes of a podcast and expect to be viral. <laughs> <laughs> when really, that's never the case. It's never the case, you know? Right. It's interesting. And it's like, because... I guess we didn't see that almost or because of what our definition of success became after that first episode, mm -hmm. it was almost like because we didn't see that consistently grow right away, it yeah. was almost just like, oh, man, I don't think we're doing the right things. It looks yeah. like we're going to just either, I don't know, man. I don't know if I feel this anymore, man. Yeah. I don't know if this is it. Yeah. And we're already looking towards that next thing to bring us that instant success, that like almost instant gratification. And I think that's something that a lot of us lack is patience. Yeah. Um, and I even look at like, I guess to your garden, for example. Um, yeah. The way that you're talking about your garden and how you at the beginning saw uh, all these plants flourishing and the tomatoes just growing at the seams and yeah. you kind of put it to the side a little bit and now it's starting to die out and it's not that you're like letting nature take its course with the garden but it's almost like if I guess I don't know if I can say this but like 60 years ago right if I started a garden I would have been consistently on that garden every single day yeah and like let's say I was my age now back then 
like whoever was in charge of that garden or if it was just me in charge of it, I would have been like discipline, discipline, discipline. I have to do this every single day. Yeah. And I'm going to stick with it regardless, no matter what. And I feel like now it's more of if I don't see success here, what's the next thing that I can get to that can bring me that success? And I think yeah. that's been how a lot of us Gen Z individuals are going to be thinking about jobs and employment. Yeah. I think it's going to be like we're at a job for a year, maybe two years, maybe three years. Yeah. And if we don't see ourselves at that successful point, we're going to be looking and hunting for that next job yeah. that makes us even $15,000 more, $5,000 more, $200 more. And we're yeah. going to leapfrog to that. And if we don't see ourselves successful there, we're going to leapfrog to something else and leapfrog to something else. And I think yeah. that kind of mentality is just Would really different. selfish? I don't... Ooh. I don't know if I... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Because you think about it, right? Like, um, like these these kids nowadays, like the way you're describing it, it just sounds so self-absorbed. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't like as a, as someone as a someone who's hired as an employer, right? Um, and I see this kid hopping around. I'm like, well, he's just trying to chase the bag and chase status, right? But yeah. if I'm hiring someone, I need somebody who's for the team. You don't make the team better by only sticking around for two years, you know? Exactly. Is it selfish? Ooh. But then there's also the point of like, I guess one thing I'm thinking about as we're saying this is just the mentality around Silicon Valley and kind of the um, standard that's been set where it's like they bring in all this new talent from all these different places. And within one to two years, they're gone like that. And I think mentality around hiring people who are like the new, young, fresh individuals who are bringing all these ideas to the table and then cutting them loose like that afterwards. Yeah. Has almost permeated throughout our entire society. Where it's yeah. like, even with our phones, right? Like I have, like the phone that I had before the, my new phone, I only had it for three years. And that, mm -hmm. at that point I was already like, okay, no, I need something new. I need, I need the new thing. I need yeah. the new thing right now. And yeah. it's like, that sort of constant need for something better and something new yeah, and something different, I feel like has just permeated every single aspect of our lives. Like even in relationships, I think people yeah. see relationships <laughs> as like, if you're in a relationship with someone for six months, everybody's like, oh my God, how do you do it? <laughs> how have you been with this person for so long? And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, Every single time, like, I go to um, talk with my grandmother uh, or I speak to these older individuals, they've been with the same person since they were, like, 20 or 19 or 18. And they've yeah. been with that person all the way until they're 70. And, like, now, me talking with my friends, like, we're, we're like, you're still with her? After four oh. weeks? <laughs> you, you must be. Oh, someone's with <laughs> Somebody's with. <laughs> I, I think that sort of mentality has just permeated all and every aspect of our lives. Just that need for something different, something new, something better. That's interesting. Um, you know, it's interesting that you bring up the idea of relationships because I think it has a lot to do with with this the social media thing that we're talking about. Um, 
when you see everything else that's out in the horizon, you, you don't appreciate what's right in front of you, you know? Right. Um, and it's really interesting. I think that's more a result of having options, you know? Um, and what I was saying, it's interesting you brought up relationships is because don't you find it so interesting that um, with, of course, the culture and the gender roles are different in this context, but arranged marriages, right? Yeah. They don't have options. It's this is it. It's this you is it. You have one option. Take it. And they have, well, not every relationship is good. From what I've heard, um, some of them do have very loving, committed relationships. And they're happy with their lives. Um, but in our heads, more options are better, right? You have more yeah. selection. But the thing is that only makes you more unhappy. Like, I'm, I think we talked about this in my friendship class, actually. Like, it's scientifically proven that people get more unhappy <laughs> with more well, options. The more options that they have, yeah. I actually yeah. learned about this. Um, I was reading this book on marketing, I think. And it was talking a lot about, like, how Amazon... Um, how do like different retailers on Amazon pretty much like have their products and like the different colors that you can choose for like certain products and yeah. I think they found that um, what with products that had like five or fewer options versus products mm -hmm. that had eight or more options people would typically actually like add to cart and continue through that purchase with when they had like five or fewer options like when they had less options yeah. than the people who had like or the products that had like eight plus options because you kind of second guess yourself and think is this really the right thing should i get this color yeah. or should i get that color should i get this color and you kind of end up second second guessing yourself enough to where you don't even end up making the purchase of the item and so yeah that was just something that like when you think about it the only difference between those products is the color it's yeah. the color it's but just now when we're talking about if we use that as like an analogy for like um like in relationships for example now you're talking about different people that you might find attractive like right. it's not just the color that's changing <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's when i can just go to my phone and hop on one of basically hundreds of dating apps and just yeah. be like I have this option and this option and this option, which I don't, but like some people do. And like they can do that <laughs> on their phone, right? <laughs> hey, hit up Richie. <laughs> hey, Richie's single. He said, get me some options. <laughs> right? I could just go through my phone and like. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so hung up on that. <laughs> There's all these options. Not that I have these options, but. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> oh man. Rich no, is looking for a steady two month relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but um what were you saying? Just the fact that that can happen and like I feel like a lot of people end up second guessing themselves and thinking about what they might be able to obtain versus what they have right in front of them, like you said. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, I actually, I actually wrote a poem about this over quarantine just because it was bothering me so much. Um, and um, one of the one of the lines I wrote in there, you see, I don't know if this, I read this line somewhere else because it immediately came to my head when I was writing it. Um, yeah. 
but it was it was something along the lines of like when I look too closely at the dirt on my toes, I can't see the gold on my heels. Um, mm. And that was supposed to be like it was the whole poem was talking about like looking out at the horizon and how beautiful the horizon is, right? But you never get there. You can never reach the horizon. Right. And that's what's so maddening about it is that you can always observe it from afar, but you'll never reach it. It's almost like the end of a rainbow, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when you look at the horizon and your toes, your, your dirty toes, that's like all the work that you've put in and all like the grueling effort that you've done. And all you can see is dirt at your toes, right? If you have that type of mindset, you miss the gold at your heels. You miss everything that you have done. Because while you might be looking out at, at um, someone else's horizon, right? I look at someone else's success in social media. All I can see is dirt at my toes, right? But if yeah. someone behind me is looking out at me and I'm their horizon, all they can see is the gold at my heels. Right. So I think, while, I ha- while I'm fully equipped to be as happy as I am, being someone else's horizon, all I can do is look forward. And while that may drive my success, it also means that I'll never be happy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Words of Sorry. a true English major. Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I'm goodness. thinking about maybe doing some gardening later on, maybe taking out the trash. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's just, that's not even just applicable to relationships, but just in general to um, success. I think the saying, like, the classic saying that money can't buy happiness, right? Yeah. And I think it kind of stems from people, um, believing that once you reach that point of success that you think will make you happy, you you end up realizing that there's more to it. Like you always have to keep on going for more success and more success and more success. And you'll never really end up being at a place where you feel satisfied and you feel fulfilled, right? Yeah. Um, and I think just the way that you explained it because two people could be standing looking out at the same horizon right but then that mm-hmm. there's one person who looks down at their toes mm-hmm. and the other person is just looking out their horizon just enjoying it all taking it all in right and the other yeah. person who's right there with them looking out at the same thing can't do that what do you mean like they can't enjoy the view that they worked so hard to see because they're stuck looking down at their toes. I think hiking's hiking is a good example of like how I want to make this kind of explained. Like there'll be one person who, regardless of the trek that they have to do to get to the top of the mountain, mm-hmm. once they're at the top of the mountain, they can really take that time, sit there and enjoy the view, right? Yeah. But there's one person who goes up with that mountain with them, gets to the top of the mountain, but can only think about their legs cramping up, their back being in pain, the sweat mm-hmm. on their brow getting into their eye. And they don't yeah. really take that time to just enjoy all the hard work that they did mm. to get to that point. I think you and I view the horizon a little differently. And well, that like your your interpretation is really interesting. Like the way that I was, um, the way that I see it is, 
is just the next thing. The horizon is the next thing. Like, yes, it's a beautiful view, and but it's mm -hmm. something that I want and I can't reach, you know? Mm -hmm. So wait, so your your idea of the horizon is just appreciating appreciating the hard work that you've done? Like, I mean, that's something that you can observe? I mean, I'm not saying that you're wrong, because this is... No, that's just, that's just kind of how I was thinking about it. It's kind of like the point where you feel fulfilled. But yeah. um, I think with your definition of what the horizon is, it is that idealistic mindset or that idealistic view that you have for what you're doing that you'll never be able to reach. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. So but I, I like your interpretation as well. You know, the way that you explained it to me, I even thought of it differently or interpreted it differently than exactly how you were explaining it to me. Because that's indicative of our different worldviews, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, 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 that's that, crazy. I just, I just learned a lot right about now. myself in that conversation. That's wow. I just learned a lot about what's different between us. Um, I guess you could say I'm a hustler. <laughs> no, but you're, it seems like you're one to, you're one to take the time to take things in and like really appreciate it for what it is. Me on the other hand, like maybe I try really, <laughs> people who might know me, like who might know me on a personal level might laugh at this. <laughs> I try hard to be humble. <laughs> I try to be humble. Um, so for me, once I see a horizon, see the whole idea of the horizon is what's beautiful about it is kind of like the sky, right? That's that's what sticks out the most in my head is the sky. The, right. the earth underneath it, you can always walk towards, right? But you can mm -hmm. never approach the sky. You know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so for me, when I, uh, when I reach that point, when I've walked all the way over there, um, I just think like, okay, now I've, I've, all I think is that I've completed this. This is now the new norm. Like mm -hmm. don't spend time like getting all excited about it or, um, or like patting yourself on the back too much about it because it's time for the next thing, you know, right. like sitting here and just being content with what you have doesn't get you any further. Um, but you see, that's the whole thing. You miss out on the horizon that you're talking about, which is the beauty of putting in the work to get to where you are. See, my idea of the horizon, oh, this is so interesting because you brought up hiking, right? Yeah. When I think of the horizon, I think of, I think of, imagine the whole earth was just, um, like a like a plateau the whole thing it was there was no topography to it so it's me just walking in a straight line forever right mm -hmm. and in that way while I'm moving forward all I see all I can see is the horizon but for you you're starting at the bottom of the mountain yeah and when you get to the top of it that's when you see the horizon at that point you don't you can't go up any further all you can do is appreciate the horizon that you've worked to be able to observe and I think that's really interesting. Oh, man. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
And I think that, see, I don't know why our, our views are different like that. Um, maybe it's our different experiences with social media, the way we've been brought up. Um, I don't know. Like in high school and middle school, whenever I do things like, oh, you are on president's list or you got into the, you got into like national honor society or whatever. It's like in my head, it was always like, okay, it's good that you did that, but now it's time for the next thing. Right. Sitting down and appreciating things at all. Cause like, as we've talked about in previous episodes, I like, it's like fiddling with stuff, looking down at the grass, playing with sand, whatever. Um, But in my head, once you, you really stop and you like sit there and pat yourself on the back, like, wow, look at what we did. Like you, you lose sight of what's in front of you and what you still have to do, right? And in that way, I try and stay humbled about my accomplishments. Maybe that makes me a less happy person than yourself. I wouldn't know. Um, but I'm interested to hear why you think we think different that way. I think for me, I, it was definitely something that, I guess just my idea or of what success is and like getting to that point where you can just appreciate what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an idea that I only really started to think about recently. Mm-hmm. Just because I really did have that same mentality of cool. I got all A's for my classes this quarter, but how can I study so that I don't have to spend as much time doing this work and still maintain these same grades? Mm-hmm. So I think that mentality of improvement and needing to improve regardless of whatever success you may accomplish or achieve is what drives people to really do great things but then there's also that sense of if you don't appreciate what you do have and what you have done Mm -hmm. you'll really get to that to that spot where or maybe you'll never get to the point where you can appreciate what you have done. I don't know. Turning the toes gold in the heels, baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of thinking like maybe, at least for me, I just didn't really think about what I was doing as much in terms of it being like, wow, you accomplished so much. I was just doing things because I wanted to do them or I wanted to make my life easier. So I filled it up with all of these different things that I was involved in just so that I could always be doing something and not really have that downtime to like think about why I am where I am. I think the difference between high school um, and what I was doing and Dartmouth and what I was doing was that during high school, all the different clubs and activities and programs that I was involved in um, brought me fulfillment because I was involved in those programs. But at Dartmouth, I think there was a point where I wasn't being fulfilled by all the things that I was involved in. And it kind of came to a point of like, I do need to take time to myself and figure this stuff out just because I'm not be, I'm not as satisfied as I was in Mm -hmm. high school doing what I thought would make me happy. And I think that's kind of where things came to a head and I had to like really, really reevaluate. Yeah. Now, I wanted to talk about, about like, my experience with baseball, but that would require a lot. Just because in baseball, I was always really bad. Like, I had a lot of potential, 
but I was always really bad <laughs> just because just because like I was a very late bloomer um I didn't I didn't get any sense of athleticism or coordination until puberty um and I my environment in baseball in Hawaii wasn't very good and me not being very good to begin with on top of the kind of toxic environment meant that I wasn't a very good player but I stuck with it because I loved the game um and it's interesting because I got to college, right? Um, I decided that I didn't want to try out for the varsity team because um, it's not what I wanted for myself after my experience in high school, after my negative experience in high school. Um, so I tried out for the, or I started playing club baseball. Yeah. And then I, I was just a different player. I, a completely different player. Like I remember in high school, I actually didn't have an at bat in all of high school. All of high school for my school team, I played one out. One out in all of high school varsity baseball. I was telling you about this earlier. Yeah. I get to college and I'm playing club and it's club baseball, right? It's not varsity, but it's nothing mm -hmm. to knock, right? I'm still playing against competitive schools and we're right. a competitive team. All of a sudden, like I was playing every single game. I, uh, I was hitting every single game. Like there was like a streak where I was hitting like a double every single game. I'm like, it was crazy because now for me, being able to play the game, like be on the field and play the game, that brought me so much happiness. And that was for me, that brought a nice end to my story in baseball. If that is to be the end of it. Um, just playing club baseball in college because I was happy. And I got to play, which is something that I never got my whole baseball. I don't really know where I'm going with this. Although I didn't play for the varsity team, and if you mm. think about success, right? I'm not playing right. on the varsity team, but I'm playing and I'm happy. So for me, I am now settled. Because... My idea of success within sports varies between sports, right? I was never right. good at baseball. I was never good at baseball until recently. And not that I'm good now. I'm just, I'm, I'm able to play. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so in that, I was very, I was very happy because I've been playing baseball since I was like eight or nine. And it's taken me 10 years to be able to hit the ball and play on the field and be, a, be competitive, right? Yeah. But then there's other sports that I've played like swim and water polo um, and even rowing. Although this statement doesn't apply to rowing um, where I was very new to it, very late in the game. Like I started swimming when I was a junior in high school. I started water polo when I was a senior um, where I was, where I was good at it very quickly. And for me, that sense of success and fulfillment was in mm -hmm. being at the bottom of the bucket and working as hard as I could to compete with everyone else. Um, and for me, my idea of success, going back to what we were saying earlier, coming for full circle, um, <laughs> is, the, is the instant gratification, right? For me, yeah. I was improving really quickly in these sports in the beginning because anyone does, right? You're new at it, right? The learning curve mm -hmm. is going to be pretty steep because um, you pick up the skills quickly. Once that started slowing down is when my motivation really, like, nothing, Just right? died. Yeah. My first... My first season in swim, I broke 30 style in my first in my first swim meet, and wow. 
apparently, I, I didn't know it when I got out of school, but apparently that was a big deal. And I, and I am that success, success. Mm-hmm. How do you even call it? Can you only have success only after you've worked for it? Because I was only at it for one season. Yeah. Because anyway, like you kind of walked into it and you didn't realize that was a big accomplishment until people told you. And I think, no, but like, can you consider it success if I've only been working at it for like, well, I think I was only training for like three months? That doesn't seem like success to me, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, because like, if you're looking at it like that, like the three months that you did swim or to get to that point, yeah, and the 10 years you've put into baseball yeah. to get to the point you got into baseball, right? Yeah. And you just contrast those two things. It's like, I know those hitting those doubles during club must have felt like absolute magic. It did. It, it, it felt like I was the players that I always watched sitting on the bench all those years. <laughs> That's really what it felt like. Um, like every time, every time I got a hit on my call, I was just lucky. <laughs> I was just lucky. And I just kept hitting the ball. Um, but yeah, sorry, continue. Oh no, no, I, I, I was putting, I was relaying it back to you. That you're supposed oh. to take over. <laughs> no, 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 but I, I agree. Like, um, that I just don't think. Okay, so, so where I was going with that was the next year. Um, I was, I was in swim. I think I got my 53 down to like, I feel like a 20, a 29 point three or like a 28.8 like it wasn't nearly as much of a like I didn't like great I broke 30 seconds on my first one but I didn't improve a ton right I mean maybe some other people see I don't even know because maybe some people in the social media would consider that like a big jump massive improvement um but I don't know I was expecting to be like hitting 27 26 right right and I see this is where I think it ties back to um, the podcast. Exactly. I was just about I, was, I wasn't expecting to have done something like break 30 seconds on, on my first 50 free. Because I have a friend, the one who got me into swim. Mm-hmm. He'd been swimming his entire life and he hadn't done that yet. Like he was always like hovering like 30 and a half. And then here right. comes Julian. Like I, I, I just do it, right? Um, and then, shoot. See, I was on a really good path, and then I just no, 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 I got it. So, um, in terms, oh wait, you got it, you got it. Also, like on the first on the first episode of the podcast, I was not expecting the success of four hundred plus views and getting like I don't know how many subscribers we got on the first episode, like thirty or forty. I was not expecting yeah. that at all. And then all of a sudden. Like with our other videos, of course, we got new viewers, we got more subscribers, stuff like that. Like relatively small improvements in comparison to the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of a sudden, not as pleased with how we're doing, you know? I'm not doing a very good job articulating this. Maybe you can... No, I think it's that sense of that first success being something so great that it... <laughs> That that first success being so great. You're gonna have to speak up a little bit. I know. I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) That first success being 
so great that you expected the improvement that you do between that first meet and your subsequent meets to be you'd cut four more seconds off your time. You'd cut yeah. two more seconds off your time right away. Yeah. But when you only cut 0.5 seconds off your time or 0.7, it was almost just like, should I even, should I even continue swimming? Like, yeah. is this peak? Is this really my peak? Yeah. My first one being my peak when I feel like I'm getting better at swimming. I've been swimming more. I've been putting in more work. But yeah. the improvements are just not they're just not comparable to that first one of I broke yeah. 30. And for the podcast, we broke 400 views that first one. Yeah. And it's like now we're getting more comfortable talking in front of the camera. We're upgrading the equipment. Like these are improvements, but why aren't we feeling as podcast. fulfilled, right? aren't we feeling as fulfilled why aren't we getting those same 400 plus views on the video yeah. why aren't we getting 1,000 listeners on the podcast every time yeah. we're making all improvements we feel like we're getting better but the numbers don't match up the audio yeah. is not matching the visuals <laughs> <What's going on? laughs> and i think that kind of that feeling is what's it's almost like mirrored in terms of the podcast success mm-hmm. and the success that you had in swimming. Yeah. I think, I think what it is, is when there's no standard or expectations, your first crack at something is always going to seem like a success. Right. <laughs> um, but going back to what I was saying earlier, if there is no like work put into it beforehand, can you call that success? Right. Exactly. It kind of seems, I mean, it really just sounds like a first attempt. <laughs> if we're being honest, right? Um, we're just lucky that we have great friends that would like wanted to check out the podcast. And there are like people who are curious, right? Like around 400 people who are just curious in the podcast. So that's what they did. Um, that was not a product of our own work. No. People being curious. <laughs> that's so, not why do we feel like the first episode was a success? And B, why do we feel like all the work that we're putting in now is not a success, right? Yeah. Because while the numbers may not show improvement, because that's like our only tangible way of, of seeing improvement, right? Downloads, views, yeah. likes, subscribers, stuff like that. We are improving in many more ways. Like you and I have been doing a lot more structuring in the back and planning. We are work. We're now planning further ahead with future episodes, planning on bringing in guests, um, <laughs> we're talking. We're getting more comfortable, like you said. We're upgrading equipment. A lot of stuff is going on in the background, but the numbers aren't matching up. Um, so it's interesting. With no work, we see success because we have numbers, right? Right. But when we put in the work, and there are no numbers, but there is less quantifiable less concrete discrete success figures to look at things like quality and planning things like that things that can be quantified we put in the work the numbers feel like we are it's crazy the dichotomy is insane i think it almost applies also the music industry in terms of someone being a one-hit wonder and like that kind of instant success that a lot of people see a lot of different artists get where 
their first song or their first album is the pinnacle. Like, people think that's the pinnacle of their career. Top-notch, top-tier quality. This is their banger, right? Yeah. And then their second thing comes out. And everybody's like, whoa, that, I don't know, man. That It's not really hitting like the first one did. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know if I mess with it like that anymore. And it's yeah. like always trying to, like that first success is what everyone compares everything else that they put out and everything else that they do towards. Even if that person made that first song in the studio in like an hour and just put it out and that happened to be the one that blew up right but for that second project they have more features they spent more time in the studio they've really put a lot of time into the planning and and getting advice from like more artistic like maybe in the first one they were just doing something that they knew was gonna like make them go viral and this time they're like oh now that i have fan base and a following i'm, I'm gonna, gonna try to put some my own my heart touch. To this. exactly yeah and people and don't want that <laughs> and people don't want it <laughs> and i think with social media especially just being able to see all of those numbers right away mm-hmm. um it just takes a toll on people you see it's interesting because i feel like I feel like there's an inverse relationship as far as our podcast goes. Like, (laughs) views have been going down, right? But for the people that have stuck with us from the beginning and continue to watch um, and listen to every single podcast, thank you so much. We really do appreciate you. We've been getting getting more substantive feedback. um, And we've been hearing about more of the impact that we've had on you through the podcast. Um, And while... Maybe like the comments that are like, oh, just check out your first episode, like what you guys are doing, good luck. Those, those and the comments and the subscribers, maybe those are going down in frequency, right? right? But as far as the frequency and the value of people saying, hey, you really changed the way I thought about this. Like my brother told me that he didn't know that he could, that you could love a school that much and that it could be, it could give you that kind of feeling. And other people have reached out saying that I want to love my school as much as I love yours. Okay, I'm trying not to pat ourselves in the back right now because I'm also humble, <laughs> right? But, <laughs> but like inspiring people in that way and getting them to think. Um, but the fact that we have to tell sorry, ourselves I don't know that, where I was going. No, the fact yeah. that we have to tell ourselves that that's how we should be measuring our success by instead of just looking at the numbers, looking at the views, looking at all these other things that may not be as comparable to that first episode Mm -hmm. in itself tells us that even our mentalities are just not right yeah and maybe like the substance behind success isn't like to us success is the numbers right but there's no substance to that there's substance to the people reaching out and telling us oh you've changed my thinking you've inspired me you make me feel less alone. Those yeah. types of conversations and those people reaching out and even people reaching out wanting to know more information about the school because they're thinking about applying from yeah. hearing our podcast. Like yeah. the power in that, that should be the success that drives us to continue making these episodes and really see this all the way through to yeah. where whatever it is that may be. But we're still hung up on those numbers. Yeah. at the end of the day and it's 
But you know, it's interesting because we talk about this podcast being a documentation of our evolution of thinking. This is us putting it out for everyone that like this is the process of like um, of motivation that we have to continually put ourselves through, you know. And this isn't to say like we aren't grateful for the support that we've gotten so far, but like it's a lot of work, you know. And if maybe after the first episode, like wow, four hundred views, if the if the if the content and the quality is only getting better, then we should improve, or then there should be um, yeah, then we should then we should improve feedback, right? (laughs) It's like we should be getting more views and more comments and wider reach, and that's just not happening. Um, but it takes like those check-ins and those reminders that. Yeah, well, everyone else may think that there's a fast track um, and that just because the first one does well, that everyone's going to do well um, and that we've even worked or worked for or deserved those 400 views to begin with. Like that isn't to say that what we're doing here is a good thing or it isn't to say that we're not doing the right thing or it isn't worth something or that we still no. aren't. Just- I didn't think I'd learn as much about myself. Mm-hmm at this stage in the podcast me neither like i felt like just in these few recording sessions that we've done in just this amount of time in less than a month yeah of starting this that i've learned so much about myself just talking to you and putting it out on the internet me too <laughs> it's wild. like just just going through the exercise of thinking right um and confronting these things that it's it's just difficult to put words to right i know yeah. we make it look super easy <laughs> <laughs> but these things are really difficult to talk about like they're already difficult to confront mentally because <laughs> um, no one knows how they feel about certain things especially us being so young right we still have a lot to figure out but we might want to tell people why the the it's a little different right now so uh, yeah. my computer is terrible and uh, if if it's on for too long, then the screen turns completely black. So we had to stop the recording and take a break. So my uh, my computer could have a breather. But now we're back. <laughs> now we're back. Yeah. That after each time we record, that we just feel better. Just yeah. even if it's for 10 minutes, even if it's for 20 minutes, that we just have a smile on our face about what we just talked about. I think that's really the most important thing. Yeah. But, you know, in, in accepting that, see, once you accept, see, once you're, you're happy with the dirt of your toes, um, I don't know, maybe that's a bit of a stretch right now. I'm thinking maybe this whole time we've been thinking about success with a degree of finality to it, you know, Mm -hmm. success isn't a dead end. Once like you go down this road and you reach the end of the road, um, that isn't success. Right. You can still be successful and have road ahead of you. I think the balance in finding success and being fulfilled is in recognizing, like what you were saying earlier, with what you've accomplished, but also recognizing what's ahead of you. And in that way, I think we've created a hybrid or a composite horizon, you know? Um, yeah. At least, at least I'm changing the way that I'm thinking about success now. Um, because, you know, you think about success in like the show business, in professional sports, you're saying mm-hmm. you've made it, 
you've arrived, right? Right. That's saying that once you've reached that, your journey's over. And I think that's what turns people off about success a lot of the time. Not success in the idea of being successful, but like success in that now you've, now it's over, now you're done. Um, which is why people like myself think, no, I can't recognize where I'm at right now because if I do, then I forget about what's ahead of me, which isn't the case, right? Right. Um, when we're talking about it earlier, I was thinking, I was thinking about um, a, an example in physics, right? Mm. Say, say um, you're a ball, right, and you're okay. 100 meters above the ground, for example. Um, you have all of this potential energy, right? Because you're at yeah. the top right now. You get more successful the, um, the further down you fall because now you're increasing your kinetic energy. Okay. But when you increase your kinetic energy, right, you become lower to the ground and your potential energy increases. Once you reach the bottom and you hit the ground, you might be at max speed, but all of a sudden now you have no potential energy. Right. And in my head, I think that's the way that I was thinking about success this whole time. Um, like once you've reached success, once you hit the ground, it's really like, it's almost like a death, you know? Like there's nothing more to, to like, you, you've lost all your potential. Right. I think the exciting thing about success is that you had potential and you reached it. Um, but I don't think success is about arriving somewhere. I think so. I think it's about the journey as opposed to the destination <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like I think I think the idea of success being a place where you arrive um, takes a lot of the inspiration out of the idea or the prospect of success because yeah. once you get there, like That's what it. else is there to work for? You know. Um, it sets up a lot of people for um, a feeling of hopelessness almost because once they feel that they've reached that that destination, once they feel like they've reached success, that's it. And so yeah. I think that's really where, oh man, to bring it all the way back, that's where that <laughs> uh, phrase money can't buy happiness comes from because I think people... Money is one of those things where it's like they set a goal that they almost think that they'll never be able to achieve. Mm -hmm. that, that is their finite destination and that becomes their finite end. And so when they actually do achieve that goal, mentally they've gone to the point where they see themselves as successful and they see themselves getting to that destination. Interesting. Tying that back to the podcast, it makes me wonder what our idea of success will be. I know we talked about it earlier with the amount of fulfillment that it brings us, but I was thinking, like, could could your example with money relate to the amount of views, right? Um, we might get more views, but, like, that shouldn't be our measure of success, right? Because we said um, the way we see, or the value that we see and what we have to say is the way that, that it affects other people, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so now, what happens if tons of people view it and all of them, have their lives changed because of it, right? Yeah. Are we successful then? I just feel like even though that's more valuable than a view, it becomes cheaper as 
as you do more and more of it, right? So right. it makes me wonder whether or not success needs to be something that's bigger and better, right? Um, and then it made me wonder, is our success in just continually learning more about ourselves by talking about this? Because right now, our idea of success is the views and the people that we reach and the way that we, we make them feel. But say that we one day became like Joe Rogan type of viral and we had that type of reach and effect on people, even mm -hmm. that would become very, not cheap, but it would just be very almost frequent, become you know? desensitized to it. Desensitized, that's the right word. Yeah. Um, so at that point, what, what is our success, right? Um, and maybe with each episode, we would just learn one little thing about ourselves. Or not, okay, I don't even want to put a number on it. We just learn something new about ourselves, right? right. Um, we're not saying like, oh, we're going to change this many people's lives. We're going to get this many more views. We're just doing the same thing every single time. We're learning something new about ourselves every single time. Is that our success? I think so. And I think... Mm, not to say that there'll ever be a point where we won't learn something new about ourselves. Mm -hmm. But I feel like when the time comes that, oh, man, I don't know. Yeah. Because, look, this goes back to the whole horizon thing, right? Yeah. Because, like what we were talking about before, finding a balance between appreciation and ambition. Oh, <laughs> oh man we're so immature man <laughs> i won't like at what point like you said when do we stop learning about ourselves or maybe when do we maybe even when do we feel desensitized to the gratification that we get from learning more about ourselves and i don't Tying know if they're all the way back to existentialism yeah, can still ever be a point where we where we really get to that point of we don't learn something new about ourselves every time. Yeah, maybe the feeling of success comes from never reaching the top. Yeah, because you're running the more. Because like we were saying earlier, that your definition of success becomes different as you grow, right? Um, mm -hmm. Initially for us, it was views and subscribers. Now we're thinking it's the way we affect people. Now we're thinking it's what we get out of it. As we do more and more of each thing, like you end up running out of each as if it's a resource almost. Like you use yeah. all that up to give you that gratification, then you go to the next thing. Use all that up. And... If you really reach success, success means that you've run out of all those resources, which is very existent. Like if that's if that what if that's what success is, then what's the point of pursuing it in the first place? Because it's something that you'll never be able to ultimately reach at all. Ooh. Maybe it's just in seeing how far you can go. The gratification is how far you can go. Maybe, maybe recognizing success comes with first knowing that you'll never reach it. You can only be as success successful as you can be. And that's what's so um, alluring to um, people who strive for success. I'm given this. Let's see what I can make of it. How far can I go? Yeah. 
So does that make it meaningless or more meaningful? Oh, I think I think that's where we just have to leave it. Ooh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it open-ended the way it started. Yeah. This would be, okay, for those of you who watch every single episode, it would be really interesting if you could send us just some ideas, what you think about what we said, maybe how you view success. It'd be an interesting, this would be a topic that I would be more than happy to have a second episode for. Thank you, everyone, for watching the fifth episode of the Two Islands podcast. Um, as you said earlier, please feel free to reach out with any thoughts and opinions you might have. Um, as you can probably tell, there's a lot of, there's a feeling of overwhelming confusion when it comes to such open-ended topics. Um, so as Richie and I find more clarity in talking to each other about this, I know we'll find more clarity with talking to you more about this. Please feel free to reach out and we'd be happy to have that conversation. Maybe have a part two. Um, and yeah, if you're listening on Spotify, hello. Or thank you. If you're listening on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, hello. Uh, what's the other one? Overcast. We can't forget about the overcast people. We Our can't. Overcasters. <laughs> We're growing on that platform. We're growing like crazy. I don't know. It's crazy. It's wild. Shout out to you all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with that, thank you for watching the fifth episode. Shoots. <laughs> Shoots. <laughs>